Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. The Pre-Med Year, session number 354. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I am excited today to talk to you alone, just me and you, to cover a topic that comes up all the time on Student Doctor Network, on Reddit, in my Facebook group, the Pre-Med Hangout, and that is the Lizzie M. Score. And we're going to talk all about the Lizzie M. Score and whether or not you should be using it to determine if you should apply to medical school, and more importantly, where you should apply to medical school. Let's first start with who is Lizzie M.? Now, I have some sources that say that Lizzie M started off as a SDN account, right? It's an anonymous, it's another one of those anonymous accounts on Student Doctor Network. And Lizzie M started off as an admissions committee member at a pretty well-known Midwestern medical school. And supposedly since Lizzie M started her account or his account, we'll we'll leave it gender neutral for now, um, <laughs> then uh, that has transitioned supposedly maybe to a group of admissions committee members, uh, but has since potentially even changed medical schools to where uh, the people running it now, the, the group running that account has changed. Now, Lizzie M. does provide a lot of great advice on Student Doctor Network. If you just go and you go to SDN and you search the forms for Lizzie M., you can search by user. You can see all of the great information that he or she is providing. That said, Lizzie M. is known for having this Lizzie M. score. Now, what is the Lizzie M. score? Well, all it really is is a math calculation, right? Historically, before the MCAT changed in 2015 to the new scoring system, when it was out of 45, Lizzie M was, the Lizzie M score was, take your GPA, multiply it by 10, and add your pre-2015 MCAT score. So if you had a 3.5 GPA, that would be 35, right? And if you added a 35 MCAT score, your Lizzie M score was 70. So it's just a very pretty way to combine your GPA and your MCAT. It's nothing more than that. Now, a lot of students look at the Lizzie M score and they think it's some magical equation to tell them how competitive 
they are specifically in applying to medical schools and specifically to specific medical schools. Now, obviously, I can't speak to Lizzie M. and how he or she created this score and whether or not it was how their school sorted and filtered students. Potentially, it is. And maybe that's why they put it out there. They said, hey, at our school, this is how we sort people. We have this score that we have, and we only take students over a certain, quote unquote, Lizzie M. score. They could have done that. And so I'm not saying that a Lizzie M score or some combination of math, however a medical school does it, isn't relevant or isn't used. As we talk about the Lizzie M score and we go through this today, you will see that using the Lizzie M score, it's, it's one small piece of data that is very, very limited in how it can function, how it can help you with applying to medical school. Applying to medical school isn't as binary as plugging in your GPA, your MCAT score, potentially your gender, your race into some equation and finding out where you should go to medical school. If that were the case, Every student who looked the same, who scored the same, who had the same GPA, would be applying to all of the same schools, would be getting interviews at all of the same schools, would be getting accepted at all of the same schools. And when you talk to students going through that process, going through this process of applying to medical schools using the Lizzie M score to pick their schools, they go, wow, that one school I thought I was going to easily get into because my Lizzie M score because my GPA, because my MCAT, they go, oh, I thought I was going to get an interview there at the very least. And I didn't, I didn't even get an interview. I was, it was an immediate rejection. And yet my buddy who has the same stats as me, maybe even a little bit worse, got an interview, got accepted. Applying to medical school isn't a binary act. There are so many intricacies and nuances and complexities in the medical school application process that you cannot rely on an algorithm or a mathematical equation that takes your GPA, your MCAT, and figures out where you should be applying to medical school, where you have the best chances of getting in, et cetera. And so let's talk through this a little bit more, right? So I think right off the bat, you can tell that I'm not a fan of the Lizzie M score. I was recently, or last year, at the UC Davis conference, and my table was right next to a, another very popular Midwest medical school, and I, the dean of admissions was there. And somehow we started talking about Student Doctor Network, and somehow the Lizzie M score got brought up. And his response was, F Lizzie M right? He's like, F that score. Because he understands as a dean of admissions that the students they are accepting are so much more complex than just a mathematical equation of your GPA and MCAT. Now, don't get me wrong. GPA and MCAT are very, very important, right? I always talk about not applying to medical schools based on GPA and MCAT. If you haven't heard that before, I'll put it out there now. I don't think you should be applying to medical schools based on GPA and MCAT. And yet, 
I understand that GPA and MCAT are very, very important because schools will have cutoffs. Yes, they have cutoffs. They will look at GPAs and go, okay, we don't want to see any applicants less than a certain GPA. We don't want to see specific applicants less than a certain MCAT score. And so I understand that GPA and MCAT are very, very important. You need to have a good enough MCAT score to pass those filters. You need to have a good enough GPA to pass those filters. What are those filters? I don't know. I gave a talk to admissions committee members in Toronto this year, in 2018, June of 2018, if you're listening to this in the future. Hello, future. I hope, I hope the earth is still good. <laughs> um, and I gave a talk and I said, I, I want you guys, I need you guys, I implore you guys to make this process more transparent for pre-med students. Help them know that they have zero chance of getting into your school based on your cutoffs. Publish that data. Have the MSAR show what the the highest MCAT score, the lowest, we all really care about the lowest, what the lowest MCAT score is, what the lowest GPA is that you will realistically consider. I also talked about deadlines and all the other stuff that they, they kind of obfuscate in this whole process. They need to be more transparent. And so as you are going through this process, yes, GPA and MCAT are important. Here's the problem with just looking at GPA and MCAT though, right? A lot of you are non-traditional students. A lot of you are coming from doing very poorly either through your whole first degree or maybe just your first semester, your first year, and you stopped going to school. Or maybe you were kicked out of school. You have a very bad trend in your GPA. And so when you look at the ability to raise your GPA based on how many credits you need to either graduate or get a second degree or just take your prereqs, you're looking at maybe only a 3-2 GPA overall. But that trend is surely amazing, right? The last 40 credits or the last however many credits is going to be fantastic. And so when you plug in a 3.2 into the Lizzie M calculator and you get a 510 on the MCAT, which is a great score, right? The average now for matriculants is a 511. Let's say you got a 511. It's the same score as a 510 based on the conversion that SDN provides. If you only, quote unquote, only have a 3-2 because Lizzie M can't take into account trends, your Lizzie M score is a 63. And if you go to Student Doctor Network and you go, okay, I have a Lizzie M of 63, what are my chances? Or you look at, uh, look at the data that SDN provides and it shows all the Lizzie M scores for medical schools. You go, oh, right, 63. Oh, that's not very good. But when you look at your GPA trend, which medical schools can see if they choose to look at that trend, which a lot of them do, right? I, I talk a lot about some schools have a 32-hour rule where they only look at your last 32 hours. Some schools have uh, a thing where they only look at your last 20 hours of science credit, and that's how they determine kind of your caliber of academic success. They won't see a 3.2. They, they potentially will see a 4.0. That's pretty awesome, right? 4.0 with that same 5.11 MCAT score. That's a lot different, right? That's a Lizzie M score of 71. It's amazing. The Lizzie M score for each of the medical schools isn't 
again, a specific number that the school is saying, hey, this is our Lizzie M score. You have to, you have to understand that. Medical schools are not going to student doctor network and saying, hey, here's our Lizzie M score. Let the world know that we don't want students less than this Lizzie M score. That is not how this process works. What Student Doctor Network is doing is looking at the data available through the AAMC or through whatever data they're reaching out and getting from schools. And they're going, okay, historically, here's the median MCAT for this medical school. Here's the median GPA for this medical school. Guess what? If you have a GPA and you have an MCAT, you can calculate a Lizzie M score based on historical data. And remember, historical data only tells you the students who were accepted, this is what their GPA is, this is what their MCAT score is. It's not telling you this is why we accepted these students, because they had this GPA, because they had this MCAT score. Again, obviously, their GPA and MCAT had to be high enough to pass whatever filters that school set in place. And I've talked about it before. I, I, I have the luxury of talking to a lot of deans of admissions and other admissions committee members, and they share things with me, which is awesome. And I get to share that with you. And it was shared with me at one point, a former uh, dean of admissions at a medical school. Uh, she's now somewhere else uh, as a dean of admissions or director of admissions. She shared with me, like, hey, at this school, the board, right, the people above the admissions committee, the board said, hey, we want our entering class to have an average MCAT or a median MCAT, whatever the language they use, that we want the, the MCAT for our class to average be 520. How ridiculous is that? To have some arbitrary number of success set by some random group of people to say, hey, we think for our institution, we are so prestigious that we only want students who are going to come together so that the stats make it look like we have the smartest people, the smartest students in our medical school. Does an MCAT really prove how smart you are? Does the MCAT prove that you are going to be an amazing physician? No, it doesn't. The MCAT score, your score on the MCAT proves that you can take the MCAT really well. That's all. I had a student who struggled with the MCAT and took a break, restudied, and crushed it, right? He went from like a 506 to a 520. And I, I asked him, how did you do this? He goes, well, I, I studied the MCAT. He, I didn't study for the MCAT. I studied the MCAT. I learned how they were writing the questions. I learned how they were writing the answer choices. I figured out what they wanted me to do for each question. And so I just did what they wanted me to do. And I got a 520. He was able to reverse engineer the MCAT. The MCAT only tells you how well you can take the MCAT. Obviously, you need to have some base foundation of, of scientific knowledge with chemistry and biology and physics and all that fun stuff for the MCAT to do well. Obviously, you need that. But above and beyond that, all the MCAT is doing is proving that you can do really well on the MCAT. And it's helping schools that really want to, to beat on their chest 
and to prove that they are the best Ivy League school and to prove that they are the best B-level Ivy League school or whatever they want to call themselves. To say, hey, look at me. Look at my 520 average for our entering class. That's amazing. That's all it's doing. And so when you look at, so there's a random tangent for, for going back to the data that the schools are providing. The schools aren't saying this is our Lizzie M score, so this is what you need to get in here. They're saying this is what our class looks like last year. And it's an aggregate number, right? It's not looking at individuals of who they're taking. Obviously, if you have an average of 520, which is an amazing score, there are going to be students that have a 505, maybe even a 500. Again, the schools don't provide, most schools don't provide the lowest MCAT score that they will accept. And they, they all have that number. The more I talk to medical schools and the more, the more I have these conversations, the more I learn about the different processes that medical schools will have. And so we'll have these conversations with schools and we'll say, okay, yes, you filter out. But guess what's hap what happens at a lot of the schools that filter applications and say, hey, we only want to see above a certain GPA, above a certain MCAT score. They're actually sorting those applications and then all of the ones that don't pass the filter, they don't immediately go to some trash can, right? The, the digital shredder, I call it. A lot of times for some schools, they go to a, just a different basket to say, yep, yeah, these are the students who likely are not going to get an interview, who likely aren't going to be accepted. Yet, let's keep their applications here. We're going to assign someone to go through these applications and really look for the diamonds in the rough. The students who had to overcome so much and maybe their scores don't show that story. But we're going to have someone go through the process of looking through these applications. That happens. Schools do that. And so when I talk about not using MCAT and GPA solely, which most of you are doing, unfortunately, solely to apply to medical schools. Your story matters. I get a lot of pushback from the SDN crowd, a lot of pushback from the Reddit crowd to say, hey, that's just not true. Schools want the stats. And yes, there are some schools that want the stats, unfortunately. But your story matters. And you know what doesn't capture a story? A stupid math equation called the Lizzie M score. The Lizzie M score will not capture your story. The Lizzie M score cannot capture your trends. The Lizzie M score cannot capture that you were homeless and had to overcome moving 20 times with your family because you kept getting evicted. The Lizzie M score will not capture that you came to this country at 14 years old, at 15 years old, potentially alone, having to learn English for the first time, having to to, to assimilate to a new culture, to a new country. The Lizzie M score cannot capture that, th those things. No rating system can. The Lizzie M score or the WARS, the Wedge Dog Applicant Rating System. That's another application, uh, applicant rating system that was created. It does a little bit of a better job of, of trying to figure out who you are, but it still doesn't capture your story. So when you look at the AAMC data and you look at the, the charts that they put out and you can see a 4.0 student with a 520 MCAT score, right? That's a Lizzie M score of 77. That's amazing. And you see that only 
I don't even have the chart in front of me, but only let's say 85 or 90% of those students are accepted, whatever that number is. If you just Google double AMC data, you'll, you'll find those charts. You go, well, well, the, their Lizzie M score was amazing. How did they not get accepted? Well, it's because their story probably didn't resonate with the admissions committee member. Maybe they thought, look at my Lizzie M score. I'm only going to apply to the top institutions because my Lizzie M score is amazing. I have a Lizzie M score of 77. And so I'm going to look at all the schools above a 70 or whatever they, they do, and they apply to the most competitive schools. No matter who you are, applying to the most competitive schools because you have super competitive stats is not a good idea. When you are applying to medical schools, you need to apply broadly. When you are applying to medical schools, you should not be applying based on MCAT and GPA. Do not go to the MSAR. Do not go to SDN. Look at your Lizzie M score. Look at your GPA. Look at your MCAT score. Plug that into the MSAR, which it allows now, which I don't like, and create your school list from that. Students are doing that, and they're applying to more and more schools every year. The last set of data that came out from the AAMC shows that students are applying to an average of 16 schools now. That's up from 14. And when you look at the number, right, and, and, and I don't want to accuse the AAMC of anything, but when you look at the, the total number of applications coming in, right, if you think there's 55,000-ish, 52, I think, thousand students applying to medical school, if if you double that, or not double that, you multiply it by two, right? Because every student's applying to two more schools. That's an extra 100,000 applications going to medical schools. And guess what? Each of those applications cost money. And guess who's getting that money? The AAMC. So it's in the AAMC's best interest to have students apply to more and more schools. And potentially, maybe, I'm not accusing, but potentially, maybe, that's part of their, their thought process of, hey, we don't want to provide more data because it may limit the number of schools that students apply to. And it's not in the best interest of our bottom line. It's not in the best interest, potentially, of the medical schools because the medical schools, when they get more applications, they send more secondaries, they potentially get more income to support their admissions departments. And so as students are applying to more and more schools, that's more money for the system at the detriment of the students, especially the disadvantaged students who can't apply to more and more schools or are going into more and more debt and, and suffering the, the mental anguish of being in debt. And I used to be there. I had a lot of, a lot of nights where, where I didn't know how I was going to pay my credit card bill in medical school. And luckily, I've, I've come through that, but it took a long time. And so as you are looking at medical schools to apply to, just because you have amazing stats doesn't mean you should only apply to amazing schools because your story matters so much more. Your fit matters so much more. Let's talk about one school. I had Dr. Sunny Nakai on the podcast. She's at University of California, Riverside, right? Great medical school. California system. And so students who are based in San Francisco in the Bay Area go, oh, hey, I have a 4.0 GPA and a 520 MCAT score. My Lizzie M score is a 77, right? And the Lizzie M score for, for UC Riverside, again, I don't, I don't have it off the top of my head, 
but it's it's much lower than that. So I'm a shoe in, right? It's a it's a quote safety school. And yet when you look at UC Riverside, you look at their mission. Their mission is to serve the students of the Inland Empire. When you look at that school and their mission, when you look at the students that they are accepting, when you look at the the patient population that they are serving, they want students who are going to serve that population, who are going to stay in that area, hopefully, to serve that population. Someone coming from the Bay Area, going to the Inland Empire, may have a little bit of culture shock and go, oh, this is not what I expected. And a lot of times, the students who are crushing their stats, their 4.0s and 520s, are likely, potentially, going to do just as well on the boards. And those students will go, oh, hey, look, I crushed step one. I might as well be a dermatologist. And, and Dr. Sunny Nakai is like, hey, we don't even have dermatology in the area to support you if you want to be a dermatologist or plastic surgeon or whatever it is, right? Whatever she said, I, I think it was one of those two. Um, don't come here if you want to do that. We, we don't have that specialty to support you, to mentor you, to give you the experience that you need to go and match at a competitive institution. You have to look at the schools, look at their missions to figure out where you are going to be a good fit, not just based on MCAT and GPA. You have to. You have to do research when you are applying to medical schools. Look at their missions. Look at their vision statements. Look on YouTube. Look on Twitter. Look on Instagram. Look at what students are saying about the schools. Do as much research as possible. And we have a, a new project that is almost ready to be launched, Med School Reviews, where we'll have students rating the, the schools and leaving comments about the schools, and we'll verify that they're students at the schools. And so we'll give you a little bit more information about the school itself. You have to know more about the school than just what their MCAT and GPA are, because you are much more than that. Again, yes, it's important. The, the, the MCAT and GPA are important, but you have to make sure that you're fit for the school and your interest in going to that school matter and match much more importantly. So when you look at the Lizzie M score, let's, let's talk about the wars real quick. So wars versus Lizzie M, right? How do they compare to each other? How does the Lizzie M score compare to the wars? And so wars was created a couple of years after Lizzie M was created. And it was created by another student doctor network user uh, named WedgeDog. It's the WedgeDog applicant rating system. And it's a very, like when you look at the post that was created to support uh, his or, or her again, um, uh, algorithm, it is... It is having the user, having the applicant kind of rank on their own scale, their research and their shadowing and clinical experience and some other things, uh, along with obviously MCAT and GPA. And it's the same thing. This student or this uh, physician, I think it is, um, then takes and, and categorizes medical schools and say, hey, these are the top tier medical schools, most selective medical schools. And you can look at that data to see how many applications each medical school gets and, and how many students they accept. And again, all of this data, it, it's, it's not data that, that really means anything. 
a medical school that gets 4,000 applications. Uh, we, I was looking at this data recently with, with someone and they were like, oh, look at my state school. It's, it's not very selective. I'm like, well, is it, it, it's, is it not very selective or do they just not get a lot of applications? And I think it was University of Kentucky. So public state school. They go, oh, look, the, the acceptance rate here is like 3% based on total applications. And you look at a, a more competitive Harvard, it's like 1% or less than whatever, whatever they are. Wash U, I think they were comparing it to. When you look at that, and again, I don't have the data in front of me, and that's okay. You can go look at this data. When you look at that, you can't just say, oh, University of Kentucky is much less selective than WashU or than Harvard. You, you can't make that comment just looking at those numbers. Because when you look at the numbers, you go, oh, well, WashU, I, I think it was WashU. And again, uh, don't hold me to every, everything I'm saying based on numbers. But when you look at the data, you go, oh, WashU gets twice the number of applications than University of Kentucky, right? Twice the number of applications for less seats than University of Kentucky. And so obviously, it's going to look like WashU is, quote unquote, more selective. But they got more applications and have less available seats. They have to be more selective. It's not saying that they are. They have to be because they get more applications. Well, then the question is, why do they get more applications? Do more people want to go to WashU than University of Kentucky? Well, probably. Right? WashU is a great medical school. Did do, do people not want to go to University of Kentucky? Well, it's an allopathic medical school. It's an MD medical school. I'm sure a lot of students want to go there. But you know what? Hopefully students are smart and go, oh, hey, that's a state school. They don't accept a lot of students from out of state. And guess what University of Kentucky is? Or Kentucky, the state. It's a pretty rural state, right? It has some, some populous areas around Lexington and Louisville. Uh, but outside of that, it's a pretty rural state, which means there's not a lot of pre-med students in the state which means there's not a lot of applicants to the state school. And so they don't have to be as selective because they have more seats and they get less applications. Does that mean it's a less prestigious school? Absolutely not. It just means that they can be a little bit more open with who they accept. And so it looks like based on the data only, if you just look at the numbers, that it's quote unquote easier to get into the University of Kentucky than it is to WashU. But you, you, can't, you can't extrapolate that information. You can't say that. Because maybe as an in-state applicant applying to Kentucky, it's easier. Because, hey, we, it's the University of Kentucky. It's a state school. We want to serve the state. And that's great. But you can't, you can't make these assumptions. And so when you look at the, the WARS uh, applicant rating system, this WedgeDog applicant rating system, it's ranking schools based on selectivity. But again, that's, you, you, you can't extrapolate any information from that other than it's simple math. Total number of applications, number of seats, that's how selective they are. And so when you're looking at these, again, it's, it's plugging in a bunch of data. It's plugging in some subjective information to say, yeah, I think maybe on a scale of one to 10 or one to five, whatever it is, my, my shadowing is a three or my clinical experience is a four. Again, super subjective. And you're plugging that in and going, okay, here's my wars and here are the schools that I'm going to apply to. You are leaving your story out of it. You can't do that. So none of these, none of these, Lizzie M. Score, wars, any other website that claims to help you create a school list 
will help you create a school list. Now, I, I'm going to put a little asterisk here because I may leave it open in the future on medicalschoolhq.net to, to have some sort of school list feature. But I will be super clear to say, hey, this in no way should help you create a school list. This is just a fun little game to play to, to see historical data on, on who's accepted, who's not, et cetera, based on your current stats. When you are applying to medical school, your story matters. And so let's talk about what schools are actually doing. Now, again, I was able to go to the admissions summit in Toronto in June of 2018 and hear from schools about how they're accepting students, how they're reviewing applications. And I won't tell you specific schools and specific information because it's not appropriate to take that information and then spread it to you. But I can talk generically about what schools are doing. And it's not every school that's doing this. Some schools do this. Some schools don't. Every school has a different process. And that's, and that's kind of my biggest take-home message. If you're still listening to this, all of my ranting on, on MCAT and GPA and Lizzie M and wars and all this stuff. If you're still listening to this, thank you for listening and, and hopefully giving you the encouragement that even without perfect stats, you still have a chance of being a physician. You still have a chance of going to a great medical school, whether it's MD or DO, and getting into medical school. And, and does the Lizzie M score, uh, this is a very common question, does the Lizzie M score work for DO schools or osteopathic medical schools? Yes, it does. Because again, it's just a math equation. And so you can look at the data that DO schools put out with their MCAT scores and GPAs and, and calculate a Lizzie M score and go, okay, hey, this is a Lizzie M score for the DO schools as well. All right, going back to how medical, how do medical schools actually review applications? And so a very common way, it's just something that is kind of uh, uh, school 101, is rubrics are created. And they say, hey, we want a rubric that will uh, score applications based on all of the various parts of the application, not just MCAT and GPA. Amazing, right? Not just MCAT and GPA. We, we want a rubric so that we can hand a, an applicant's file to a reviewer, to multiple reviewers, and based on a very objective rubric, we will get very standard scores. This is a way to remove subjectivity out of the rating system for applications. And medical schools will go, okay, for uh, this range of GPAs, they get these amounts of points. And for this range of GPAs, they get uh, this amount of points. And for this range of MCAT scores, they get this points. And for this range, they get those points. And the, the, the reviewers are going through the application going, okay, a 3.5 GPA, that equals a three in our system. A, a 510 MCAT score, that equals a four in our system. And they're going through this and they're reading the disadvantage statement to say, oh, wow, this student has overcome so much. This student has done so much with so little. They get this amount of points. And they look at another application with the same GPA, the same MCAT score, and they go, wow, this student didn't really have to overcome anything. They've done so little with so much. They're gonna get less points because of that. They look at your extracurriculars and they go, wow, tons of clinical experience. Great. Shadowing. Great. They understand what they're doing. They've done a ton of reflection. They get X number of points. Oh, research. They get X number of points. Looking, looking at, oh, volunteering, non-clinical volunteering, X number of points. Looking at a personal statement. Did it, did it uh, really reflect on their journey and why they want to be a doctor? They get X number of points. And then 
those applications are racked and stacked, as we call those, called it in the military. And they go, okay, the t- highest points based on our rubric, we're going to invite these students for an interview first. And we're going to go down our list until we fill up all of our interview spots. And that's how a lot of medical schools are reviewing an application. Yes, it comes down to a score, but not your MCAT and GPA. It comes down to their rubric score. Not every medical school uses a rubric. Some medical schools just have reviewers review an application and say, hey, I really like this application. I don't know why. I just like it. Let's let's invite this person for an interview. And that's okay, too. Every medical school is going to be different. But you have to remember that your story, your extracurriculars, what you've done, what you've had to overcome, paints a much better picture of who you are going to be as a classmate who you are going to be as a physician, how you are going to represent that school as an alumnus. That is much more important than just your MCAT and GPA plugged into some mathematical equation. I hope that you've made it this far. And I want you to let me know that you've made it this far, either on Instagram or on Twitter. Use, uh, use the hashtag finished five, what episode is this? 354. Use the hashtag finished 354 because I want you to to really understand that this is so much more than MCAT and GPA. And it, it, it breaks my heart when I see students taking this Lizzie M score, taking it into account with so much weight that they are not applying to medical schools that will be great fits for them because their Lizzie M score is, quote, too low. And when you look at people on Student Doctor Network, when you look at like the, the main pre-med post that says, hey, the hallmark metric used to assess academic quality is the Lizzie M score. It's baloney. It's not the hallmark metric. It's a math equation that combines your GPA and your MCAT score. And yes, GPA and MCAT are important. Again, I'm not denying that. But your story matters so much more than a math equation. Your journey, your trends matter so much more than some math equation. And you know what? I think I'm going to create the, the, the Dr. G score. Right? The Dr. G score is going to be much better than the Lizzie M score because we're going to use the newest MCAT scores. We don't need to convert to the old score. We're going to take your GPA and multiply it times 100. And we're going to take your MCAT score and add it to that. And so we're going to now take your GPA and multiply it again by 100. And we're going to say that, hey, now your GPA, your, your Lizzie M score is going to be much, or your, your Dr. G score is going to be much better than that. Right. So if you look at a a 4.0 and a 528, that's a that's a Dr. G score of 928. And we can go down the list uh, from 872 to a 928 with a 4.0 based on your MCAT score. And hey, if you have a 3.5 GPA and a 510, your Dr. G score is an 860. That's a pretty good Dr. G score in my mind. <laughs> Again, it's just a mathematical equation. It doesn't mean anything but I think we're going to have to uh, come up with a Dr. G score. I spread that and really spread the 
the truth that the Dr. G score is trash. The Lizzie M score is trash. It's just a piece of data based on your MCAT and your GPA that don't tell you anything about how a school is reviewing applications that it doesn't tell you anything about cutoffs that the school has for MCAT and GPA. Your story matters. That's what I'm going to leave you with. Have a great week. See you next time. This is MedEd Media.